0: All right, we are back to podcast, and I hope everyone has had a good week, and uh, the Lord has blessed you in in so many ways. He has been good to me. It's been a good week, been a very busy week, but we uh, we're thankful for how good the Lord has been. Um, we are back to podcast schedule. We will be doing podcast at least until January the fifth. Maybe a bit longer, but most likely just to January the fifth to get us through uh, the holiday schedule so Wednesday nights we'll be back to podcast for a little bit um, but as we go to we're going to first samuel twenty four not a not a very long chapter um, in first Samuel chapter number twenty four but when we as we go there, we are going to look at David's honor. And we have many, many situations and uh, accounts where we can look at the honor and the integrity of David that demonstrate who and what he is as a man, but perhaps there's no greater place um, that we see David's integrity than that of, of, or of his error, than that as his treatment of Saul. Um... Saul was on multiple occasions continually attempting to kill David. We, we note it. In fact, it's not just the multiple occasions that he's attempting to kill David. Saul has made it the objective of his life to kill David. And that being the case, if it were a lot of us, in fact, Um, it's the mindset of most of us, you know, to repay. I think of Joseph in this situation. You know, Joseph had the opportunity. In fact, the brothers used the word requite. And the word requite simply means to repay. The brothers, on numerous opportunities, assumed that Joseph would repay them the hurt and the affliction that they they put upon him, but yet he never does. And he is just a, a forerunner, if you please, ultimately of Christ, but also of David. David, we will find, has numerous occasions to kill Saul, to take Saul's life, knowing full well that should Saul have this same opportunity that he has that he would take his life. In fact, this is such a huge issue that um, you know it's it's become a dominant theme of David's life—the fact that Saul is attempting to kill him. We we have spent chapter after chapter in the scriptures to uh, to talk about this. In fact, it's basically the rest of 1 Samuel and has been a good portion of 1 Samuel's already. Is the reality that Saul wants to kill David. And now David has the opportunity to slay him, to kill him. He will have this opportunity on several occasions, but... In this instance, we'll read about, he has that opportunity to slay him, and yet he doesn't. And you know, that's perhaps the greatest example of what our uh, Christian life is and who we are as children of God, is the fact that we have it in our hands to repay or to get back, to requite, as the Bible calls it, and we don't do that. So let's go to 1 Samuel 24, look at this brief account. We will not be long at all tonight, we're going chapter by chapter, so we're going to look at what this chapter is teaching. And um, 1 Samuel 24, verse number 1, and it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Injudi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcotes by the way, where uh, was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet, and David, his men, remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand. That thou mayest do to him as it as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. Now, um, th- this is this is interesting. David has the opportunity to slay him. In fact, he is so close to Saul that he can cut off his skirt he can cut off a portion um of of his outer garment and he's that close to him in fact god has prophesied god has told david you're going to have this opportunity and as he has had that opportunity he is close enough to him to be able to touch his outer garment with the sword. Now imagine what's going on in David's mind currently. As he is there face to face, well not necessarily face to face, it's basically back to face. Saul would have his back turned to him. David is is close enough that he can take this sword, obviously stab him in the back, cut his head off as he did Goliath, and be done with this. Be done with the pressure, be done with the fight, be done with the battle. But he doesn't do it. He doesn't kill him. He doesn't take off his head. He simply cuts a piece of his skirt off, and you'll see why shortly. And there's a, there's going to be an interesting uh, statement made here shortly. And it, it's going to teach a subject matter that I wish we could learn more of, a couple of subject matters. And one of them is, is of course, not getting people back when you have the opportunity to do so. But another one is our treatment of, of um, whether you want to you, preachers or pastors or, or anointed, you know, people of God, Sunday school teachers, people that have um, been, you know, uh, chosen by God and by people to lead our treatment of them sometimes, even when we don't agree with them. Now, watch this. David will make a statement concerning the Lord's anointed, that it's not his place to touch him, to do him no harm, to hurt him. Now, folks, we, we need to remember that. We need to remember David's mindset. We need to remember David's heart here. We need to remember David's uh, thinking and where he's at. So let's just stay stay with me. The men of David said unto to him, "Behold, the day which the Lord said unto thee, behold, I will deliver." Verse four, thine hand into thine enemy into thine hand that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of. Saul's robe privily. So it means he done it privately. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. David didn't even kill him. And his heart is broken that he even cut his skirt off. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master. Look, the Lord's anointed to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Be careful how you treat people. Be careful with your efforts to hurt them. Be careful in what you say about them. Be careful in how you seek to cut off someone's character. How you seek to hurt someone's character. Be careful uh, the things that come out of your mouth about someone. Especially someone God's anointed to do his work. You say, but Saul's failed. Saul's evil. Saul's... Uh, seeking to vengeance and seeking to kill David. He is every single bit of that, folks. But David's still saying it's not my place to put my hand against Saul. And although he had the opportunity to kill Saul, to stab him with the sword, although he had the opportunity to slay him right here, to get him back, to, not to just get him back, but to save his own life. So not just getting him back for the things that he's done to him, but to save his own neck for the future. David has that opportunity. And he just simply cuts his portion of his skirt off. And it literally breaks his heart. Now folks, we should look at that. We should look at the things we say, the ways we act, the things that come out of our mouths, the attempts to hurt others. We should look at, look at our, our actions in that manner. Verse 7, So David stayed his servants with the, these words, and he suffered them not to rise against Saul, but Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth, and he bowed himself. David is so ashamed at his actions, not even for stabbing or killing Saul, but for simply cutting off his skirt, bows his face to the ground. And David said to Saul, Wherefore, hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes, that thine eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee into that mine hand in the cave, and Some bade me kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For that I cut off thy skirt, thy robe, and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in my hand. And I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. David said, look. I had every opportunity to kill you, but I didn't take it. Do you see I don't have hurt and anger in my heart towards you? The Lord will judge between me and thee, and the Lord avenge me of thee, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom... Dost thou pursue after a dead dog, after a flea? The Lord be therefore be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thine hand. He said, we're going to let the Lord deal with this matter. I could have killed you. I can kill you now. I can kill you any time I want. I am a man of war, but I'm going to let the Lord judge between us. And it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking These words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded the evil. And that thou thou hast shown this day how thou hast dwelt with me. For as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good, for, thou, uh, for for that thou hast done unto me this day. And now behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. Swear now therefore unto me by the Lord that thou will not cut off my seed after me, and that thou will not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David sware unto Saul. And Saul went home, and David and his men Get them upon up unto the hole. Now that you, you need to remember that we're going to be coming back to that in later chapters. Just um, it, it, we'll come back to this this oath, this promise that David makes that he's not going to he's not going to kill off anyone in his house. That he's going to spare those in his house. In fact, we're going to visit that very strongly in the future. But here, here's the subject matter. Here's what I'm getting at. Here's my theme, my thought. Here's where I'm going with all of this. It's David's character. David's integrity. We live in a day of of paybacks. We live in a day of vengeance. We live in a day of an attempting to get others back for those that have harmed us. It's in our nature. It's, it's the way we think. It's, it's who and what we are a lot of times. Especially when someone hurts us. Especially when someone seeks our pain. It's especially when someone seeks our suffering and our loss. And David has that opportunity here. David has that chance here. He has the opportunity to slay him. In the words that he uses, he, he says, it, It's not my place. The Lord will judge between me and thee. And David's actions are, are so, so full of integrity. They're so full of character. David's actions are so upstanding. They're so upright that Saul's statement is essentially you're a better man than me. You're you're more fit to be king than me. You um, you deserve this. He says, You are the anointed king. All I'm asking you, all I'm pleading with you is this that when you're king, you don't cut off mine house. Because David had every right to cut off the house of Saul. He had he had this right based on the fact that. Saul has attempted to murder him on several occasions, and you know, I, I I just think about feuds, I think about grudges, I think about bitterness, I think about staying angry, I think about unforgiveness and how it affects people negatively, how it uh, it invades people's minds and hearts and it affects them in such negative ways and people allow that to happen and to occur in their lives. And David, this, now do you see why David is, is such a man after God's own heart? Do, do you see the difference in David and a lot of us? Now David's going to have, he's going to commit great sins, great atrocities, he, he's going to have some great problems that he he's going to have to deal with that are of his own making, of his own cause. I mean, David's going to sin with Bathsheba. He's, uh, he, he's going to, to shame his name, the name of God, the name of his family. David's going to be forbidden to build the house of God because he's a bloody man and a sinful man. But I'm going to tell you what. God Himself says, "This man is the man after Mine own heart," and He says this thousands of years after David's sin with Bathsheba. So, what is it? Why? Why can He say that about David? Even though, if we were to handpick and cherry pick sins in people's lives, we would say, "There's no ways after God's own heart." Look what He did with Bathsheba. Look, look at at how He. Uh, acted with her her husband Uriah. Look at his cunning. Look at the the things that he did. But folks, God knew David's heart. He knew that this wasn't David's uh, continual actions. He knew that this wasn't where David's heart was. He knew that David was out of place at the time. He knew he was wearied at the time. He knew. That he was also a man and he had been given over in this situation to lust. And then he'd give over into attempting to cover it up. But here's the reality. That didn't make his entire testimony, nor did it break it. And that's encouraging to me. Because what God saw in David, he looked beyond all of that. And he saw what was in his heart on this day when he had every opportunity to slay Saul and thereby himself becoming a bloody man, bringing himself to the place of Saul, lowering himself to where Saul is. He had that opportunity and yet David chose to not take his life and it was to the degree, my friend, that he... It even broke his heart that he even cut Saul's robe. He wept bitterly that that he even took those actions. That is David's integrity. That is David's honor. When this man that is after his life, this man that is after his rightful place on the throne, this man that that is... seeking to hurt and to harm him and to do him no good whatsoever. David has every opportunity. He has the perfect prime opportunity right here to requite himself, to defend himself, to take the life of his greatest enemy. And he doesn't do it. Now, folks... When people, we minimize it, let's take this down a notch. Because we don't have people seeking to kill us, we just have people that say bad things about us. We don't have people seeking to kill us, we just have people that see things different than we do. We don't have people seeking to kill us, we just have people that gossip about us. And you know, when we have the opportunity to get back and to say back and to talk back and to serve them right, you know how we are and how we talk, unfortunately, a lot of times we take advantage of that, give over and give in to that. And thereby, that reveals our integrity and sometimes the lack thereof. So I want to take this lesson 1st Samuel 24 today and I want to I want to gather this from David. I want to learn from David. And for anybody that's ever done me harm, done me bad, done me a disservice, maybe I don't have to fellowship with them, but I do have to love them and I do have to forgive them. And I do have to move forward in my own life and not reside. And perhaps more than anything, when it's in my hand to be able to do them harm, see harm in their own lives, never do to them what they've done to me. That's what this lesson is about. Because this man is seeking to kill David and has been for chapters David has him dead to rights, and it breaks his heart that he even cut his skirt off. That, ladies and gentlemen, gives us just a little glimpse of why and how David was a man after God's own heart. It, it convicts me. It really does. May we remember that today as we move forward. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. This is 1 Samuel chapter 24, we will be in First Samuel twenty-five on Sunday night. First Samuel twenty-five is much longer. First uh, Samuel twenty-five is about forty-four verses. First Samuel twenty-four is only twenty-two verses, so it's, it's double. Um, so we, we may break it up. We will probably get to most of it because next chapter um, is the death of Samuel and, uh, Abigail becoming David's wife. There's just a lot that's going to go on in this next chapter. And so I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've learned from this. I've gotten messages out of this lesson today that I'll be building in the future. So I hope each one of you have a great day in the Lord. Great evening. And uh, I will see you on Sunday. I know some, uh, have grandchildren and cantatas and things like that. And, it's been going on for a couple of weeks, and, and I understand that. Uh, we have very faithful people, uh, but for those that will be away, we love each one of you, and we pray that God be with you, and I will talk to you soon, and uh, have a great evening. I do think I, what we're going to do, I, I'm just to break up, because the, this Samuel study has been so long, uh, next time we're in 25, then we're going to 1 Samuel 31. I think what we'll do is we'll take a break. From 1 Samuel, we'll go to 1 Corinthians. After we get out of 1 Corinthians, we'll go back to 2 Samuel. And then after 2 Samuel, we'll go back to 2 Corinthians. So uh, that gives us just a little bit of break and gives us some New Testament studies in with these Old Testament examples. So hope you have a great day. I love each one of you. Good night.